Hello. <laughs> I'm Julia. I'm Kelsey. And this is The Good, The Bad, and, and The, the twins. twins. Welcome back to another podcast dedicated to all nerd culture. That includes video games, movies, comics, and all things that you would probably have to think about telling your parents beforehand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, welcome, welcome. Um, so, just to recap, Kelsey and I have had a pretty interesting week. And by interesting, I mean fucking exciting week. Yeah, we went to E3, yo. Yeah, E3 2019, done, over with. We left the airport at 3, or excuse me, we left our Airbnb in LA at 3 in the morning, and we have been up since, so we yeah. are a little on the tired side. Yes, and you know what? We're still breathtaking. Yeah, still breathtaking. Hashtag Keanu for life. Yeah, hashtag husband material. He's my husband, guys. Let's be real. Nah, my husband is Keanu material, so I'm happy with him. Okay, you know what? It's cool that you're, li- like, actually married. I am just gonna be married to Keanu in my soul. Mm, got That's it. Fine. Heard. Cool. Neat. Cool. Uh... So, Kelsey, what was your favorite uh, part of E3? My favorite part, if I really wanted to think about it, okay, so, there are two. One is, I actually got to sit in on uh, CD Projekt Red and their panel about why their development process takes so long, and they just really want to make sure that their narrative and, like, the game design, everything is just, like, on point, and they don't cut any corners, like, for money or anything, like, just want to work and their work environment sounds amazing and that was amazing but the creme de la creme was the accidental knowledge that elon musk and todd howard were going to be so pissed i missed that panel on stage uh interrupting kelsey uh i'm apologizing in advance everyone i had the pleasure of taking my first vacation in eight months and i got the flu at E3. No, it's because you, like, had so much, like, a stress dam, and the dam broke the second you were like, vacation! And then illness was like, vacation! Yeah, I know. So. So I, unfortunately, had to bow out of this panel because I couldn't see straight because I was so foggy-headed. Well, um, the biggest takeaway, thanks for asking, Julia, <laughs> the, the biggest <laughs> takeaway from the Elon Musk, Todd Howard, uh, conversation is uh elon musk's one-liner space is far thank you mr musk we appreciate that input nasa salutes you we never thought about that beforehand nope so one bit but if you guys really want to check out like the whole speech like he has some amazing one-liners um todd howard has some pretty good insight too there's the e3 youtube channel they're streaming i believe they're um all of the panel talks. If not, you can also find it on other other sources. Yeah, or review sites. Yeah, we're ju- we're just gonna keep it like a little short on the E three chat because Julie and I were both were not only jet lagged, but it was a lot of stuff to take in. Yeah. So, uh, My favorite panel was Doom Eternal. That was so cool. It looks so cool. It looks really fun, guys. Like, if you want to just fuck shit up, this is the game for you. Yeah, it actually, it really is. And the graphics were really cool. Yeah, so if you're, like, studying for the bar or boards or finals or midterms, play Doom Eternal. You'll feel better Or if you work in hospitality and you're just really mad, this is a really great game to just de-stress. Totally true. So, um, anyways, we'd love to talk more about E3, but we really want to jump into our, uh... Game of the week. G- game, game franchise of the week. Game franchise of the week. So Kelsey was ever so gracious in letting me handle one of her absolute favorite series. You are so welcome and blessed. 
Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. Um, Hashtag living best life. Oh my god, no. Uh, and I... So, just to review, or rather uh, recap from last week. Guys, I don't play horror games. I watch them. I absorb the lore. I read so much shit about it. I watch the movies. I just watch everything around it that doesn't involve playing the game. I am too much of a scaredy cat. It's hard. Spooky. And I would rather just play vicariously through people around me unless it is Resident Evil 7 and then I cannot play. What's up? What, you know what? What's our spook meter on the Silent Hill franchise? Silent Hill between, franchise. Between 1 through 5, spook meter. You know, I'd actually probably give it more of like a 3. Like right in the middle? Right in the middle. Ish. Like a 2.5. Okay. The reason being is that Silent Hill focuses on psychological horror, which I adore. Um, however, like, for me, when I get scared, it's fucking jump scares, man. Like, those are what get me. <coughs> Resident Evil 2. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I had something in my throat. Yeah, so, <laughs> we're gonna try and, we're gonna bring it back to Resident Evil just to, like, it's a really, so Silent Hill and Resident Evil are really good, uh, comparative games to come out of the same era. Well, they're foils of each other. Yeah, exactly. Well, which actually leads into the development of Silent Hill, because Silent Hill was developed in 1996, September of 1996, um, and it was, uh, the whole series is published and released by Konami. So, just stating that, there is no Silent Hill game that is not released by Konami, so I'm just not going to reference that again, because it's just going to be redundant information. Um, so, again, started in September of 1996, uh, Konami gave, uh, they created a little game studio called Team Silent. Konami gave Team Silent instructions on, uh, creating a Hollywood-esque B-horror movie game. Uh, this is a time of 2D rendering, uh, and so, honestly, when I was reading about this, I was like, fuck, well, Konami's just going after a cash grab. Well, lucky for us, Team Silent was like... Nah, son, we're going to use that money for something else. Right. And so they actually changed it into a 3D encapsulating horror experience, which is actually really, really cool. Um, it was a real gamble because you have this team that is working on a brand new franchise that's going outside of what the publisher has determined what they want, their game. And if this game failed that team would have been disbanded immediately, mm. and I imagine most of them would be pushed into a pencil room because they just squandered lots of money. Right. But, fortunately for us, it paid off. So that's really nice, and I'm really happy with how it turned out, um, up until a point. But we'll get to that point towards the end. I want to cry when she gets to that point. When so. we get to that point. So tears will be flowing, not out of fear, just out of pure despair. Yes. Um, so this was, again, supposed to be a profit-driven game. Team Silent was like, no, we're going to make something else. They take their inspiration from uh, movies and um, directors such as uh, Jacob's Ladder, Session 9, Alien. There's Stephen King's The Mist. Uh, Fog and Mist play a huge role. H.P. Lovecraft. H.P. Lovecraft. Like, they play a huge role in not only the character designs, but the atmosphere designs. Um, and the apparently the art of Francis Bacon as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. Found that. It's a fun fact. Uh, the whole mastermind behind this, the 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 man with the brains, this was uh, Keichiro Toyama. Mm. Uh, so he was the one that essentially created the project, created the series, and then moved on. There are different directors for each game. Most of the games. Uh, there are a couple of the same directors for the 
couple of the core games, but um, we are going to cover the canon, the non-canon, and the almost could be. Yeah, I know. It just like hurts my heart. If you didn't heart. catch that, I'm making a really sad groan sound because the... There, there are so many, yeah, like, there was, there's so many things that could have been. There's so many, the, the series that, that could have been. But unfortunately, as games go on, series do wax and wane, and unfortunately, this waned. Ah, I'm so yeah, sad. Exactly. So, um, as far as canon games are concerned, uh, we have Silent Hill. It's the first installment. Uh, this was the uh, first game published by, or excuse me, released and developed by Team Silent. Um... This was released in North America on January 31st, 1999. Then it was re-released on the PlayStation Store for the PSP and the PS3. Um, it wasn't available for the PS Vita um, just for whatever reasons. There are ways to get around it, but initially and officially it was not uh, released for that. Then we have Silent Hill 2. This is the second installment in the Silent Hill uh, series. This was the first Silent Hill game to be published for uh, the Sony PlayStation 2. This was also developed by Team Silent. Team Silent plays a huge role in this. I mean, fuck, their name is Team Silent. So they play a huge role uh, in these games, obviously. Uh, this game had a couple different editions. So there's the, def there's the original edition that was released on, in tw 2001. Uh, and then they also have the Definitive Edition. Uh, there was Silent Hill 2 Restless Dreams, and this was uh, re-released with new features on the PS2, um, or at the time they called it The Greatest Hits, uh, which is just a repackaging with essentially DLC that didn't wasn't called DLC at the time. Right. Um, and it was ported to the Xbox and the PC. Um, then in Japan, this... Uh, this uh, definitive edition was actually known as Silent Hill 2, uh, Saigo no Uta, which means the final song. And then in Europe, it was called Silent Hill 2 Interferes on Xbox. Um, and then finally, there was a Silent Hill 2 director's cut on PC and PS2. So it looks like PS2 got actually two definitive releases, which is kind of redundant. But uh, they feature an additional UFO ending. Um, there is a new scenario called Born from a Wish. This actually focuses on Maria. It's actually a really, really nice little story. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed, rather, watching others play it. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. It was really, really nice. Um, Kelsey was a little butt hurt when she found this out. Uh, on the PC port, mm -mm. Uh, this is the only port of any of the Silent Hill games where you are if you have the ability to save anywhere. Bullshit. Um... You can swap weapons out. Super bullshit. Without accessing the menu. Double bullshit. And there's a movie gallery. Horse poop. Yes. So she was not happy to hear that. No. Um, lastly, Silent Hill 2 was also uh, re-released on a high definition, uh, or rather the HD release in, for the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3. Um, it was bundled uh, with Silent Hill 3 and it's called the Silent Hill HD Collection. Uh, then we have Silent Hill 3. This was the third installment. This is actually a direct sequel to Silent Hill 1. So, um, timeline is still linear, but they are connecting the first and the third game. Uh, this game was released on the PC and the PS2. Um, this is the only Silent Hill game that was actually never released for the Xbox. I think that's so weird. It is super bizarre, but they just never released it. I have no, I, I honestly, I... 
did not find any information as to why that is. Mm -hmm. It just was not released that to that. Um, eventually, it was released, not to the original Xbox, but it was released, as previously stated, in the HD collection for the PS3 and the Xbox 360. Um, the Silent Hill 3 at the original release was August 6, 2003 in North America. Um, this game also is the uh, laying the brickwork for the second film. Such a good movie. It's so bad. But in a bad way. Yeah, Silent Hill Revelations, folks. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for a good, bad film, it is a good, bad film. If you want to see... It is a garbage video game adaptation, and if you want to see... Pre-Game of Thrones, Kate Harrington. Yeah, pre-Game of Thrones. Actually, no, he was in Game of Thrones, but this is like early. This is his first American major release. Fine. And of course, he started out in horror films. I mean, who doesn't? But with a really shitty American accent. Oh my god, it's that's so That's like bad. the best part. And the sad thing is, like, Carrie Ann Moss is in it. She plays Trinity in the Matrix tri uh, trilogy. and Sean Bean's in it. And Sean Bean's in it. Which... Motherfucking Ned Stark. Yeah. Well, okay. So, okay. Here's my, here's my quick Kelsey corner. Okay. Silent Hill 2 Revelations was actually super duper good at being very close to the game material. It's the same issue that I, people have, or I guess... It's not really an issue. Resident Evil 2 Apocalypse, the movie with Mila Jovovovo, I mean, Jovovic, by the way, love you, you're amazing. Um, those games are the most accurate to, or movies are the most accurate to the games, but they're the most panned by critics, which just like breaks my heart because it's super fun when you watch it, which is why I like Re Revelations, personally. I, I think it's fun, so. Because yeah. it's really, it's like Silent Hill 3. Kind of. I mean, pretty damn close. Yeah, yeah. Minus the. I mean, real there was bad a lot stuff. of fan service in that movie. Yeah, well, like good. a ton of fan service. As it should, just like Avenger, Avengers Endgame, but like Avengers. Yeah, but Avengers actually, like, it was like legit. But fan they had service. 11 years of like building that shit up. So, I know. Like, yeah, yeah, and Silent that's... Hill had what? Six? Well, they had, with a different they had six with different directors, so, yeah. yeah. So, that's Silent Hill 3. Then we have Silent Hill 4, The Room. This is actually the last installment of the Silent Hill franchise. That was developed by Team Silent. So after this, moving forward, Team Silent will no longer exist after Silent Hill for the room. I'm crying inside. Don't yes, worry about it. It was a really, really good game. Really enjoyed it. It was definitely different from the first three games. Uh, and we will cover that a little bit more when we get into the actual plot of the game. Yep. Um, but it was cool because it was different. Uh, this was released in North America on September 17, 2004. And this was for the PlayStation 2, the Xbox, and the PC. So again, we Silent Hill 3... Only game not released for the original Xbox. So Silent Hill 4 brings it back. For shame. I'm just kidding. There's no shame. It's It was probably a licensing. For shame? No, it was probably like a... For shame. Okay, no puns. Mm-hmm. No you're, puns. No, but you're the one that said it. Without the number four, I was saying four is in like... I, preposition. Well. Because I can English. Maybe. Kind of. Okay. So, then after Silent Hill 4, we have Silent Hill Origins. This, uh... Or Travis Grady! Travis Grady. Or, in Japan, it's known as Silent Hill Zero. This is the fifth installment in the Survival Hill... Or, Survivor. Survivor Horror Silent Hill. Thank that was, you. That was actually... Words a, are really hard. That was a beautiful conjugation of four words in the two-ish. That was terrible. That was terrible. Okay. Um, this is, uh, again, Silent Hill... Four, the Room was the last game developed by Team Silent, so this is now developed by Climax Studios. 
Uh, this was released, it debuted on the PSP in November 2007, and then they ported it to the PS2 in March of 2008. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all that is on the release information for yeah. that one. Mm -hmm. uh, then we have... Silent Hill Homecoming! I really like that game. I enjoyed it. Uh, and I enjoyed it because it was a very, like, it's so ignorant of me to say, but I did enjoy it for this reason. It was a very American version of the game. Like, they, I mean, it was just more interactive. It was just, it had, like, it, it, more it was shit to do. I don't know. It was more mindless. And I'm not saying that I, I love the Silent Hill series for this deep what? psychological horror, but that was... That was a secondary. Well, it was a change focus. up because after Homecoming came after Resident Evil Four, which created that whole wave of third person over the shoulder camera angle gameplay. Like Gears of War did it, Four did it. Homecoming was like, you know, what sounds good. That so they took a basic mechanic of that third person over the shoulder when the fight. Um, battle sequences involved. Yeah, and dodging was put in. It was trying to. It was trying to fix the big issue during the other games where there was like lag periods yeah. of um, the hitboxes in terms of like the actual models of the monsters. Yeah, it didn't really matter where you shot, and so Homecoming fixed that by actually putting certain weights into different areas that were hit. So with, basically, like, they developed it like in a Fallout sense. Where there's different hitboxes for different areas, kind percentages. of percentages, kind of, but like, but not it's so much that it's significant, but it's enough to for those who have played like the original series. Yeah, yeah. Um, Silent Hill Homecoming. This was developed by Double Helix Games. Uh, this is the only time Double Helix is going to make an appearance in the development in the Silent Hill franchise. So this is their one and only game. Uh, this was released on September 30th, 2008, for the PS3 and the Xbox 360 North America. Then it was released on November 6th, 2008 for the PC on Steam. It was released in Europe on February 27, 2009. And, uh, interesting fact, the Xbox 360 is the only, uh, between, not only, but I guess between the PS3 and the Xbox, it only offers a digital download. The PS3 did not have that option. The game was never released in Japan. Japan put the ban hammer on that bad boy and was like, nope. We don't know why. Nope. Oh. Nope. They were just like, we're just not going to release this game. Which is weird. It's pretty weird. Um, but, uh, like I said, it was banned in Australia. Or, I'm sorry, not... I didn't say that. Guys, it was banned in Australia uh, until there were some changes that were made to the game uh, to alleviate some of the violence in it. Again, this is actually... Uh, Kelsey and I were discussing this. So, Silent Hill Homecoming is really... As far as Silent Hill games are concerned, it's really graphic. Um, if you look at it now, it's actually, like, less than some of the other games that were out around, but Australia has some really, really very strict video game guidelines, and it just, Silent Hill did not make that cut. So until Silent Hill, until the, uh, Double Helix Studios made the, uh, amendments to that game, it wasn't going to be released. But when they did, it was released with an MA15 Plus rating, um, due to censored graphics. Which is crazy, because the United States, it's like, MA17. Exactly. Or unrated, yeah. which is 18 and up. Yeah, which yeah. is, well, adults only. Yes. A yeah. Mm -hmm. um, then we have Silent Hill Shattered Memories. This is the seventh installment in the Silent Hill series. This was uh, developed by Climax Studios. Remember Silent Hill Origins? Same fucking studio. Uh, so uh, this one was released initially on the Wii. 
Which was, which was pretty interesting because I, I'm not gonna lie, would never have guessed would ever have been Silent Hill would ever have reached a Nintendo system. Hmm. But they, Resident Evil did. Yeah, I know, but I just didn't think Silent Hill would. Mm. I just don't get me wrong. I love my Nintendo shit. I have a Switch. I have the SNES. We had the N64. We had we had the purple glacier. We had the glacier with Pokemon Stadium. Yes. Uh, we had every kind of Game Boy. Basically, we had everything except for the Virtua Boy. But that's just and the Wii U. And the Wii U. We didn't own the Wii U. Yeah. So we didn't own those two, but we had pretty much everything else. Um, I just never would have expected something a game like this, uh, for lack of a better term, this deep would have actually been put on to that platform. Well, they they, try, they really did do some serious. They, they attempts really, with yeah. with the GameCube and the Wii, like Killer Seven, and on the um, GameCube. I think, was it No More Heroes? Is that what you're thinking? Because I don't think Killer Seven. Killer was Seven's on it. On the Wii? Yeah. Oh, all right. Check it out. Uh, yeah. So anyway, the Shattered Memories uh, was released on the Wii on December eighth, two thousand nine, North America, and then um, the PlayStation Two and the PSP versions were released on January nineteenth, two thousand ten. Uh, in PAL countries, excluding Australia, uh, which was delayed a couple months, apparently, um, the versions were all released on March 4th, and then it was finally released in Japan on March 25th, 2010. And, correction, you were correct. It was only, um, Killer7 was on the GameCube and PlayStation 2, not the Wii. That was, as I stated, you were correct, no more heroes. Mm -hmm. My apologies, everybody. Um... The interesting thing about Silent Hill Shattered Memories, this is actually a reimagining of Silent Hill 1. So that is, uh, with this game in particular, they brought it back to the uh, fight or flight scenario, but it's really lack of fighting. It's mostly just hide and hope the enemies don't find you. Well, the, the neat thing about Shattered Memories, too, is like the, the monsters all change according to the choices you make. Yeah, it's a psychological-based game. Yeah, and so, so they're really really hitting you on the head with, like, it's almost, it's almost kind of insulting a little bit. I don't think so. I think it was a really good attempt to utilize the mechanics and the potential, like, um, capabilities that the Wii had for what it was in terms of, if you were to compare it to, like, Silent Hill 1 through 4, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of an offshoot, but the thing is, it's like, well, if you maintain it in the same cadence that 1 through 4 went... You're not really being like innovative with that gameplay, so they yeah. had to do something that would make it a unique thing on the Wii. So yeah. I personally, I, I feel like they did a really great job. The game was scary. I was not emotionally invested, only because first person stuff does not get me super invested, except for what we're gonna talk about next week, which is Bioshock. Totally different, totally different scenario. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I like Shattered Memories. I don't think Shattered Memories was first person, unless you're talking to a character. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure you were directing well, you Harry could... through with the Wii controller. I played the game when it first came out, so I'm gonna don't. Okay, she's Sorry. looking it up. She's double checking herself. Yeah. Uh, but with that being said, we're gonna move on to the next game while Kelsey is looking that info up. Uh, it is first person. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, I stand I corrected. Yep. I played it. Mm -hmm. I stand correct. A framing first-person psychotherapy session, an over-the-shoulder perspective of Harry. So it, you and I both were right. Yeah. So good for us. I just remember watching the I never watched anyone play the game. I just watched a couple game trailers. No, you was, watched me play the game for like a hot second. And it was like two seconds, and I left. Because I thought it was boring. Well, I didn't hit any scary points. Yeah, it wasn't scary. Okay. Anyway, 
Uh, last, the last final installment in the canon Silent Hill is the eighth installment. I Ladies say, and gentlemen, mm, Silent Hill Downpour. I know what nothing, a way, Jon Snow. What <laughs> a way to end the series. Um, and that is that has the letdown of the Game of Thrones season eight. Like, it's not. It's not even an end of the series. It's like a castration of the series. Yeah, it was not a good game. No. Um, this game was released. It was uh, developed by Vatra Games, um, and it was released for the Xbox 360 and the PS3. Uh, in 2010. Um, the game itself was not very good. Um, I didn't particularly enjoy it. Uh, and I stand corrected. I'm so sorry. It's actually March 13th, 2012. I was looking at a totally different game. Okay, I was just Y'all, about to I'm, correct you I on like, the last game. I am absolutely full of lies. 100%. My notes were incorrect. Sorry. Um, the game itself... Uh, Again, it's one of those weird things. The PS3 did not have a digital download, but the Xbox 360 did. Um, and it is a standalone story, uh, essentially. Like, it's not connected to any of the other games, except that it says that it explores a previously unexplored southeastern region of Silent Hill. Well... Yeah, but the... the I mean, there's, the like, pri- connections, but no, there's but the, not... No, there Oh, and, and... Oh, okay, fine. Uh, sorry. Uh, You're this not is sorry, also, but that's me. I know. This is actually the only uh, Silent Hill game in canon lore that was not... Did not have a Kiriyama Oka composing. No, that was actually Daniel Licht... Licht? Let's just say Licht. Licht? Yeah. Who did the uh, Dexter theme song. Yeah, so, which was really... Like, look, if you're gonna pick someone who at least can even come close to the genius that Akira Yamaoka is, they actually didn't do bad. Like, no, not at all. Like, the music was great. The music was really, really good. Um, it just wasn't Akira Yamaoka. But, I mean, what can you expect? Akira Yamaoka is Akira Yamaoka. You well, Akira Yamaoka also, like, by the time that Silent Hill 2 came out in 2001, he actually had artistic say into a lot of the story elements because of his music. Because I realized that was, like, super important for it. Yeah. Because the, the game... Unlike Resident Evil, Silent Hill sold atmosphere. It didn't sell action. Yeah. And so having that 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 game foil, honestly, it was all like perfect timing in terms of why it was so so well received. And wait, it, which one? Downpour? No, no, no. I'm talking about the Silent Hill series. Oh, got it. So if you're if you're framing it against Resident Evil, Resident Evil is like shoot 'em up action, scary as fuck, and then. It's like, well, what's the other version of scary as fuck? And for me, Silent Hill is a million billion times scarier than Resident Evil, but Resident Evil is a million billion times stress more stressful. I actually than disagree. Hill. I would imagine Silent Hill would be more stressful, and Resident Evil would be scarier. Uh, have you been chased by Mr. X? Because I was stressed the yeah. fuck out. Yeah, wasn't that scary too? It it is scary, but like, I, I would just feel like the fog in Silent Hill would just be weighing on your shoulders. Speaking of. You never actually addressed it. Oh, yeah. About the fog. Okay, so uh, a huge thing, again, like going back to the inspiration. Which is like the purgatory world, Exactly. By the way. Yes. So uh, something I failed to mention, and I regret not mentioning it, so thank you. Um, and then I have another thing after you. Yes. Many information coming many, your Many way. of the notes. Many of the notes. Uh, so Silent Hill, like I was saying with the inspirations where it comes, Stephen King's The Mist plays a big role, and it's actually... I think it's more literal than it actually is in the story. Like, yeah. 
I mean, like, there's monsters in the mist, sure. There's, like, there's monsters in the fog. Yeah, but that's H. But it's H a... Li- yeah, that's okay, like anyway, it is a literal... Like, it's literal fog. So, the developers, when they created the game, the fog actually... In a lot of the older games, when you exited a room and you went into another room, there were uh, kind of cutscenes or, like, cutaways. It was the town, not the room. No, I'm saying in, spe- in like, in video games in oh, general. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, so I'm sorry. they're essentially sorry. They're loading screens. Got it. So, a way that Silent Hill was able to get away from the technical limitations was by having that fog in the game. So, the fog literally hid the loading times of each uh, new area that you were exploring. So, like, for example, let's go back to Resident Evil. In Resident Evil, when you open a door to go in the next room, it actually turns into an animation of a door opening. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then when that door closes, quote-unquote, you're in the next room. But the screen is cut to black, it is a door opening and a door closing. Whereas in Silent Hill, you don't have that door opening and door closing. You're just walking into the next area, but that fog is uh, literally covering that loading area. Right. So the fog is the loading screen, but it's so streamlined into the game that you are none the wiser right. as the player at the time. Mm. And then Kelsey is going to bring out the, the fog from reality. The fog from reality. Although it's not fog, specifically. Oh no. Oh no, no, no. It's not. And I also double checked the year. I was off by three years. I thought so. Hey. Okay. So for the record, my sources come from The Dollop, which is an awesome podcast. Please check it out. Also, just, you know, personal interest, uh, Wikipedia, and then there's, um, like, ghosttowns.com, which is, like, a super old website, but really cool, um, because it's literally what it says and is all about. So, the interesting thing about Silent Hill is that it's actually modeled after a town called Centralia, and it's it's located in Pennsylvania, and the fascinating thing is, in 1962, there was a trash fire, and... That sounds all like, cool, trash fire, neat. Turns out it's a coal mining town. Yeah. So. Bad news bears. Yeah. So, like, um, coal's flammable? I don't know if people knew that. Um, but. It is a source of energy. It is a source of energy. So, anyways, it was, um, uh, it was not properly put out in 1962. Bureaucratic bullshit got in the middle of it and prevented people from actually, like, going to put it out when they had every opportunity to do so. Properly. Properly. I mean, I'm, I'm saying, like, it cost about 500 bucks in 1963, which I, I can't math or whatever, but it's going to be in the thousands if you were to, like, compare it to inflation now. And, yeah, Julia's looking it up. But, um, they, oh, sorry, it's 50 bucks, not 500. Yeah, I was just like, it was I, 50. I'm pretty sure you said 50 earlier. Yeah, it was 50. And, um, they could have put it out, but they didn't because they weren't going to be paid. And then, lo and behold, by 1981-82, uh, the bureaucratic delay of everything prevented pe- prevented people from putting out the fucking fire. It would have been $418 in today's money. Yep, there you go. So, they, uh, they evacuated a town that was lively, really popular, um, had a pretty solid economy using raw materials like coal... For 400 bucks. Yeah. Basically. So $400 that the bureaucrats wouldn't pay destroyed an so entire town. So basically, it's baby... That shit is still on fire. It's still on fire. And the thing is... Shit's it, on fire, yo. It, it is. And the sad thing is it actually hit a coal vein that goes into a coal deposit that could have been 
massively helpful. Yeah, it's going to burn for like another hundred something years. 200. 200 years. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a lot. It's a lot of coal. Yeah. It's a lot of fire. Yeah, so like streets Oh, are, Lord, there's a fire. Yeah, streets are melted, streets are warped, but it is a very cool, literal ghost town. It is a ghost town. Um, Pretty much the main evacuees were pretty much out by like 19, actually 91, 92. There's a few people that still- There were a few holdouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they obviously not to the same degree as Chernobyl, but there were people that were like, we're not fucking leaving. No. Well, Chernobyl, there's a whole brilliant documentary about the women of Chernobyl, the grandmas, the babushkas that yeah. stayed. Yeah. Also, quick plug, Chernobyl, HBO. Please watch it. Please watch it. And then the HBO podcast of it yeah. is fantastic. Supplementary information, guys. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. I'm, I really want to say the, the name... The writer, it's like Chris, I know his last name's Mazin, I always get his first name wrong, but if you check out his uh, research methods and all that stuff, like, he really did Chernobyl a good, a, a good justice, as one might say, and then of course, for fun fact, the uh, Russians are like, well, fuck you, we're gonna pretend we're, that never happened, and Chernobyl it's was- It's Craig Mazin. Thank you. Craig Mazin, I almost called him Charles, Craig Mazin, please check it out, um, I couldn't- I really couldn't stress it enough in terms of, like, if you want... Uh, well, it was written, but it's directed by Johan Reck. Right, but... Okay, anyway. Anyways, Craig Mazin did all of the research, spent years working on this. Anyways, please Jared Harris, phenomenal. Jared Harris is phenomenal. Stellan Skarsgård, phenomenal. Also, Emily Watson, phenomenal. Dude, Emily Watson's a fucking badass. And also the fact that she's, like, this accumulation... This doesn't give anything away... But she's the accumulation of, like, all the real scientists that came together to fight. She's an amalgamation of everyone. Yeah, pretty much. So, anyway, it was just a really, really good movie. So, back to what yeah, we were talking about. Yeah, so, check it out. Cool. Um, so, moving away from the canon games, we're going to the non-canon games. Fortunately, there's only four. Woo-hoo. Not a million. Mm-hmm. Um, the non-canon games start with uh, Silent Hill Book of Memories. It's a spin-off game. It was only for the PS Vita uh, it was developed by WayForward Technologies, and it was re- released on October 16th, uh, 2012, in North America, in Europe, November 2nd, and then in Japan, February 14th, 2013. Mm-hmm. Then we have the Silent Hill, the arcade game, mm-hmm. um, never officially ported to anything. So it's only a Japanese release. It, there was unofficial ports by fans. Right. Um, but it is a very typical rail shooter, like, just, it's an arcade game. It's literally an arcade game. Uh, then we have, uh, oh, and that one was released on July 25th, 20, 2007. Uh, then we have Silent Hill Orphan, or Silent Hill Mobile. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm the sorry, s- I just, I, I made a little, like, laugh, because any mobile game with a horror element is just hilarious. Yeah. Except for, can I make a plug? Sure. One app, check it out, please do. I'm obsessed. It's called Lifeline. It's a great, like, sci-fi horror text-based game. And it's free to a certain point, so it has a freemium aspect to it. But it's brilliant, so please check it out. Anyway. Yeah, so um, I'm actually just going to encapsulate this all into one. Uh, there's three mobile games. There's Silent Hill Mobile 1, Silent Hill Mobile 2, and Silent Hill Mobile 3, or it's going to be known as Silent Hill Orphan 1, Orphan 2, and Orphan 3. Which basically none of us... In the Ameri- in America, we yeah. don't play. It's a it's a point and click game. Uh, it was uh, developed by Game Federation Studio. Um, 
And then they were subsequently released annually uh, between uh, November 2007, September 2008, and then, uh, yeah. Uh, last but not least, in the non-canon games that were officially released, there's Silent Hill The Escape. This was actually for the iPhone and the iPod Touch. Fucking garbage. I had this on my phone. It was pure, unadulterated trash. Don't ever fucking play it. Not worth your time. So for the record, it's the one game I didn't play that Julia did. It was awful, and I played it because I knew it was going to be scary because it was so, like, shittily pixelized. Anyway, it's just terrible. Like, the iPod Touch at the time that it was released, it was, what, December 17th, 2008 in Japan and December 23rd, 2008 in North America. Um, the developer was Konami, so Konami actually developed it, and the publisher is Konami. So, shocker, not very good. Um... The, there is no premise to that game. It's a labyrinth game. Um, right. I don't remember if there's any, excuse me, I don't remember if there's any pay to play, anything like that. I just remember it being exceptionally boring. Um, and even with the technology that was out at the time, like the, the buttons for lack of a better term, i.e. your fingers hitting the screen doesn't work. It ain't no fruit ninja. Like it was just bad. <laughs> Um, it is no longer available on the store. I tried checking for it. Is it because it. it's that bad? It's really bad. Um, I imagine, actually, they probably pulled it off the store after Konami canceled the Silent Hill franchise. Like, I think that's probably what happened. I don't know for sure, but I'm gonna say... Why does that look? Because you just mentioned... Yeah, I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. I'm going to get to the most so heart-wrenching part. You can't see me making this expression, but I automatically started looking like I just sucked on a lemon because... While you're sipping on wine. While I'm sipping on wine, which is a grape, totally different fruit. We get it. But... Not tart. Not tart. Well, I mean, it's good. It's tart if it's white. Sure, why not? Okay. Anyway. You drink white, I drink red, it's fine. Well, I'm drinking cider right now. What the fuck? Calm down. So, anyways, that facial expression was the fact that Silent Hill had so, so much opportunity it for the so next It had so much gens. opportunity, and we're going to get to that in, yes. like, maybe, maybe a minute. I got, I was real butthurt. Okay. That's it. So, there were a couple games that were canceled. Okay. Uh, so, there isn't a lot of information on these games because they were canceled, so I'm just going to go through them very briefly. Uh, so, Way, for, Way Forward Technologies, the one that did uh, Book of Memories, they were actually going to work on a second installment. Um, and then and it was going to focus on Silent Hill 2 characters. Okay. Never came to fruition. Canceled. Ugh. Then there was uh, another game studio called Renegade Kid. Um, they pitched their... It actually became a different game, but they uh, it was called uh, Dementium Ward. The Ward, excuse me. And it was actually going to be a Silent Hill spinoff. Um, but Konami was like, no done like completely rejected it flat out just did not have any interest in it um actually konami literally stated that they uh did not want to trust a small company with the silent hill license which is to me bullshit such bullshit Ugh. utter bullshit ha hashtag um, downpour yeah so it was just like uh konami actually they stated that they just did not want to enter the ds uh, like the Nintendo DS with a horror title, which makes no sense because they already had fucking Shattered Memories on Nintendo Wii. Like, but they just didn't want to enter the handhelds, like the Nintendo handhelds, with a horror game, which is what did they compare so it to? Like stupid. Gaiden? I don't. Like, I don't know. Like it was. It was dumb. Um, and for, then just for real quick, yeah. my reference is to Resident Evil Gaiden. It was a Game Boy port of a Resident Evil 
thing that was so shitty that it is almost a joke now. So that was my joke. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, Bad joke. Actually, joke. so this one was like quasi-canceled because... So you remember Climax Studios? Yes. Yeah. Climax Studios, just as a recap, they did Silent Hill Origins and they did Silent Hill Shattered Memories. Still very good. Those are good games. I like them. Uh, okay. Anyway. That's, I like That's them. up for debate. I so, like them. Anyway, uh, they, Climax Studios actually pitched Broken Covenant to Konami um, and it was going to be a PS3 exclusive. Uh, they had like a whole plot point, everything, and then Konami's like, no. So what they did is they uh, they actually just uh, told Climax Studios, no, go work on this other Silent Hill game. So that's how Silent Hill Origins. So it actually started off with Broken Covenant, and then it became Silent Hill Origins. So I guess it was quasi-canceled, but not too much. At least the company, that the developing studio, actually got paid for their work, which is right. good. And then, finally, there was uh, Silicon Knights. Um, that is actually, that name sounds very familiar. Um, they uh, were going to release a game called The Box. Silent Hill The Box. Or simply known as The Box. Like, it's whatever. Can, can I just make a quick aside? Yeah. Is, yeah. That, is that a yeah? Yeah, or is that sure. A yeah? So, I just actually read about, like, um, you remember Richard Kelly, Donnie Darko? The movie The Box had, like, so much potential, but just didn't go anywhere. Yeah. That's what it made me think of. Yeah. That was it. Yep. Uh, anyway, it was just, uh, they were, uh, Silicon Knights, just a little backstory. They were, uh, developers that were struggling financially, because they were struggling with, lo and behold, Epic Games. Um, and they were trying to release Silent Hill the Box, but they just, honestly, they just ran out of money, and Konami's like, we're just not gonna fund this project, because... Let's see how it goes. Yeah, it's really unfortunate, but that's just how it, how it went. Um, but, and here we go. This is... Is this the lore? This, nope. Oh, sorry. Nope, sorry. No, no, you're jumping the gun. I'm jumping the gun. Wait, wait, am I jumping the shark? No, you're not jumping the shark, because we're gonna go into the what could have been. No. Yep. No. Okay, Heart so, strings. backstory, actually, more like personal story. Okay. This particular almost game, I made my husband watch at two in the morning, a playthrough, in our apartment complex, and oh. I scared the living daylights out of the both of us, to the point where our neighbors had to knock on the door and ask if we were okay. Like, we... I don't think I have ever screamed at a game, like, out of pure, unadulterated fear, than P.T. Guys, P.T. P.T. stands for Playable Teaser. This was released um, uh, by Kojima Productions under the pseudonym uh, 7780s Studio. If you don't know who Kojima Productions is, it's Hideo Kojima. He does Metal Gear Solid series. Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. We're gonna just, get there. I'm, okay, We're cool. gonna get there. Well, I just... Okay. Yep. So, this playable teaser was released on the PS4. Um, it was a PS4 exclusive, and it was released on the PS4 on August 12th, 2014, as a free download on the PS Network. Scariest fucking game I've ever played. It is. That's an, for damn It sure. is an interactive teaser. Um, Konami and uh, Kojima were like, people are not gonna solve it for months. Well... They were fucking wrong, because someone <laughs> solved it in less than a day. And it turns out it was actually the playable teaser was the 
the uh, the advertisement for motherfucking Silent Hills. This was going to be a return to glory. This game just it looked amazing. Like it, it was uh, terrifying. It made no fucking sense. But that's Silent Hill. It doesn't make sense until you play it again. Like it is so fucking good. And uh, Konami, I don't know what the hell happened except that there was a fallout between Kojima and Konami, and Konami fucked uh, Kojima. Like they were just like. We don't want to do this. And guess who also was a part of this director? I was about to say, like, who, el who else is a part of this awesomeness? This awesome team? Motherfucking Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. If you couldn't get someone who can do practical horror, practical effects horror, I mean, technically it's 3D, so it's not really practical. But anyway, someone who's also great at horror, Guillermo del Toro. Also, guys, Norman Reedus. Hello. Yeah, Daryl, Norman Reedus. Daryl Dixon from yeah. Walking Dead. Yeah. And that's when Kojima, after their fallout, uh, for, there never, we, there's, there's so many rumors and everything that goes on online, mm. but it's essentially a fallout between Kojima and, uh, Konami, and Konami was probably hemorrhaging money or something at the time. Well, so, <coughs> my little moment is, uh, Kojima-san, if you ever get a chance, please let us know, like, what happened? I know you won't say anything, but... Just putting We'd it out like there. We'd like to know, and we would never publish it, wink. Actually, well... We wouldn't. Uh, we'd filter it. How's we, that? Yeah, we'd filter we'd it. We'd filter it for our audiences. Yeah, well, you can probably understand Japanese a lot better than I can, so... That's true. Yeah. But, anyway. So, anyway, uh, PT was um, an interactive trailer, like I previously stated. You are an unnamed protagonist. You awake in a concrete-lined room, and you open... A haunted spooky door into a haunted spooky corridor. Is it spooky? Yeah, it's super spooky. Super. It's like, like Sca you know wait, 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 scale from one to one to five spooks. I was just gonna say, I was gonna bring it back. Okay, it's fucking six. Like it is a six out of five. Is it scale. two out of eleven? It is. It is not a two out of eleven. It is an eleven out of six. Like it is a terrifying <laughs> fucking game. Okay, and you can You, I actually consider it a game. It, it is a game. No, it in absolutely and of is a game. If if you have a gamified. Uh, interactive experience it's a game yeah so uh again this this playable teaser just just brought it straight on back like it was bananas um so just to do like a little uh snippet of what it actually was the game focuses on again this unnamed protagonist he wakes up in a room he walks outside the hallway he goes down the hallway, and it's a, an ever-revolving corridor. Like, you just keep going and going and going. Um, and you're trying to find little puzzle pieces in order to, as the player, who I don't remember who it was, but there was a player who cracked the code and was able to go outside, and then it actually is eventually revealed to be Norman Reedus. But it focuses on that character who is seeing these ghostly apparitions of a ghostly woman listening on, and then there's a radio in the background talking about a murder, uh, a murder of a family. It was a uh, father who went on a rampage and killing spree, and there's fucking bloody fridges. There's a goddamn fetus in the sink that talks to you. It is, oh my god, those just the graphics in that game were amazing and I'm really actually grateful that Silent Hill 7 took that fear of what the player saw in PT 
and utilize it because when I see Resident Evil 7, I automatically think PT. I automatically think, holy shit, this is what this game could have been. And it's a shame that it never came to fruition. Like, it would have been, oh my god, it would have been so good. Um, and then at the end, when the player does solve it, after all the jump scares, like I was telling you, jump scares absolutely get me. I am such a sucker for them. And this is also why my neighbors were called on my husband and myself. Uh, it was just, it was mind-boggling. And I am just, I'm really grateful to have witnessed it. After the fallout of Kojima and Konami, Konami pulled it from the PS Store. It is no longer accessible. People who have downloaded it to their PS4s... Do not update their um, hard drives. Do not update their hard drives. People were selling it for thousands of dollars. It's almost like fucking, was it, Flappy well, Duck? They were, it's like Flappy Duck, but they were also, they were selling it on... Like, specifically, they were selling the hardware and the software because they wouldn't allow automatic updates. And so if that happened, anything that was taken off the shelves was like, boop, you're yeah, gone. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it was totally... Can you imagine spending thousands of dollars on a console and then getting it accidentally updated? I would so I pissed. could imagine it, but I try not to have nightmare fuel. Exactly. So, anyway, that is the Silent Hill game that could have been, that never was... And it is a damn fucking shame. Well, it's, it's, okay, so it, it's spiritual, like, you know, successor is going to be Allison Road. Yeah, if that's ever released. Right. Um, all right, so, uh, now we are just going to go into the canon, and we will, we will not take too long on the canon, because we did spend a lot of time on the development cycle. Um, we'll start with Silent Hill 1, since it is the, the father of the series, uh, Silent Hill, the first installment, revolves around Harry Mason looking, he's searching for his missing dollar, dollar, missing daughter, Cheryl. You think about them monies? Yeah. Okay. Missing daughter, Cheryl, after he gets in a car accident on his way through Silent Hill, and the whole, uh, this game in particular focuses on the occult, uh, Cheryl herself is a, um, uh, super convoluted piece of a demonic angelic scenario that exactly it, you so, have to play the game to understand like really seriously yeah, yeah. i mean yeah the lore supplement like supplementary lore can only go so far can i can i interject about the fun stuff sure okay so my fun trivia hey julia what was the school modeled after it was modeled after fucking kindergarten kindergarten cop jesus i can't talk Yes, yes, you can. You were just in the middle of doing something. Um, no, it was actually... So, if you guys get a chance, check out the movie Kindergarten Cop with Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger. And the school itself is completely modeled after, including when you go into the school, you will see posters. They are the same fucking posters from the set of Kindergarten Cop. So, I think it's funny, because I imagine Team Silence, like, what is the most American thing we can find? I know. Kindergarten it's Cop. So, Arnold Schwarzenegger. so amazing. Got and it. then, also, Silent Hill 1, um, this is what I kind of want to touch on earlier, but the reason why a lot of games are censored because of the Silent Hill series is because it involves children. Exactly. And the monster is known as... Great children. Turned into known as... The... Crawlers. Crawlers. Yes, and so, basically, what happened was, uh, in the American port to the PlayStation 1 console in the States, we were not allowed to... We were a little sensitive to killing children. Yeah. Well, it came out in 99, but before certain things. But, um, 
Yeah, we were a little sensitive. And for good reasons, by the way, or for good measure. Reason. Reason? Reason. Reason, not riddance. Sorry, guys. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, Silent Hill 1 has a lot of really cool little, like, tidbits. And, um, oh, yeah, we were talking earlier about the interesting street stuff. Yeah. The streets of Silent Hill 1. Yeah, they're all named after famous authors. Like who? Uh, they have Poe Street. Right. Yeah. Carroll Street also, like, takes you into, like, the apartment area that's really important before you get attacked by not the Resident Evil version, but the Silent Hill version of Demon Dogs. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Little, little puppers. Yes. Little, little, little mean little puppers. Yeah, so again, Silent Hill focuses on the occult, um, it goes into, like, demonology and things like that, but, and, you know, again, it has a psychological horror aspect, but it really isn't until Silent Hill 2 that really dives into it. Mm. Silent Hill 2, uh, it focuses on James Sunderland. He is searching for his wife, Mary, who had died years prior, um, or shortly prior to James receiving a letter, wink, uh, receiving a letter saying that she is in Silent Hill waiting for him. So he's just like, what? And <laughs> uh, drives his car to Silent Hill to go look for her. Um, the thing, though, when... We talk when it's when Silent Hill is classified as a psychological horror, they're not kidding. So all the monsters, every monster that was designed in that game has some kind of uh, relevance to the protagonists and their psyche. Like, um, so Mary died of an illness. Uh, is never explicitly stated. Uh, it's heavily implied to be cancer. Yep. Uh, or is it like syphilis? I can't remember. No, it's, no, no, a, it's, it's not. A, it, no, no, no. It's, it's not, a deforming. It is a deforming uh, it, disease. It's a. It's cancer. It's not syphilis. No. Oh. Well, anyway, different, different era. Well, I mean, okay. Anyway, so uh, a lot of the monsters are all uh, uh, modeled after James' psyche. The most probably prominent and almost the I would say the mascot of the series is the red pyramid thing red triangle thing, or Pyramid Head, as he is known in the States. He is the icon of Silent Hill, and the interesting thing is that he's actually modeled after a... Technically wasn't actually put into production, but it's modeled after a German hull of a tank. And I can't remember what it's called, but it's, um... So, <laughs> Juju and I, we don't math. No. And by we don't math, I mean like we, I did look we it up. Can. There was no, there was no, there was no actual time. Anyway, it's what? a seven-sided pyramid thing. Yeah, so I think that's tetrahedron. No, a tetrahedron is actually. 10? I looked it up. No, a tetrahedron is seven, but they're like perfect triangles. Okay, so it doesn't. It's not quite accurate. Well, so anyways, it's modeled after this like German prototype hole for a tank from World War Two. And that's because the monster designer, whose name is escaping my mind, um, he is obsessed with World War II mechanics. And so that was a really fascinating thing. And the reason why Pyramid Head in particular, and we call him Pyramid Head. It's Masahiro Ito, by the way. Thank you. Masahiro Ito is um, a monster designer. Thank you. And it's a, it's a German ex experimental ramjet-powered interceptor designed in 1944, known as the Lippich P-13A. But it's the whole, it's, that's what it is. Yeah. Technically, it's the part of the, that thing. So, um, what's fascinating is that the pyramid head deal, it, it's the scariest monster because it's so unnerving, 
Because it makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, But then as the game goes on, he does make a little more sense. So Pyramid Head is the embodiment of James's sexual frustration with Mary. Mary was deteriorating. She was beautiful. And then, unfortunately, her illness got the better of her. And she turned... She got bitter and angry and resentful. I mean, who fucking wouldn't? Yeah. And then uh, she was ugly, both literally uh, and uh, emotionally towards James. So he felt... Uh, almost like he felt emotionally castrated and then so you have Pyramid Head Mm -hmm. who is this giant hulking male figure uh, with a giant sword it's called the giant great sword and it is very phallic yeah I mean mean, like Pyramid Head is introduced sexually assaulting another monster it's not like a Judith Butler like let's talk about like the phallicness of things it's like this sword is literally a Penis. Like a big metal dick. Sharp. Sharp? Sharp. <laughs> I meant sharp. Sharp. Penis. So. So anyway, it was like, it was, it was actually, it was a really great design model. It was really cool. Very effective. Very effective. Um, uh, and it was just really unnerving. Uh, Kelsey and I were discussing this last night. It actually, Pyramid Head is the focal point of a very awesome disturbing avant-garde music video called Fukuro. Yeah. Uh, it means trash bag in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, look it up. You can find it online, YouTube, everything. Um, if it, you want to double check... Akira Yamaoka uh, video. So you can type in Akira Yamaoka Fukuro. It's F-U-K-U-R-O. Um, he also did Usagi, which is rabbit in Japanese. And a little aside hmm. that makes it a little more personal of this podcast is that my first tattoo I've ever received was, in fact, the kanji that means rabbit in Japanese, which is usagi. Yeah. But it's not for, like, playboy or, like, I'm a bunny girl or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. It's because I actually took the actual font used for the title sequence of usagi for the Akira Yamaoka short film. Yeah. So, anyway, look it up. It's really good. Um, there are some great monster designs. Another really popular monster is the bubble-headed nurse. Bubble-headed nurse are very salacious, very sexual beings until you look at the face. And the face is completely deformed. You cannot make out any discernible facial features. There's a very grotesque creature that is embodying, uh, Mary's, uh, sexualness. Well, it's not just that. It's the fact that she was in a hospital. Exactly. And so, like, having that interface with probably predominantly female nurses. Yeah. Like, that was a thing. I mean, or stereotypically, anyway. Yeah, but if you really... Okay, so, I don't know. Julia, you can totally disagree with me, but to understand how much of a psychological horror this game was, like, it wasn't just James Sunderland's psyche that was being affected, but it was also, like, Angela's with the abstract daddy character. Angela is another character in this game that you interact with, and then there's Eddie Dombrowski. Dombrowski. Dombrowski, but we don't really care about him. We're going to talk about Angela. Yeah. Well, Kelsey wanted to bring this up because her least favorite monster is the abstract daddy. Abstract daddy is the scariest thing ever, and, like, we're not going to actually go into depth about this particular particular monster it's really it's actually it's so dark and this is probably why silent hill 2 actually is the number one and most well-received silent hill game exactly it it addresses a lot of things on like a very like rorschach level yeah and it's also like it paints these characters in a really humanistic and sympathetic light as well as wow you did some really bad things and these bad things like coming from really awful sad emotions like it's just an amalgamation of horror like yeah they are, these monsters are the epitome of like the hu- like 
the worst parts of human psyche. Yeah, so, like, just to give you guys a quick recap about what I'm talking about with Abstract Daddy, not Pyramid Head. Abstract Daddy is basically the representation of, uh, her name is Angela Orozco, and it's of her like abuse as a child yeah and the fact that they were able to address it in such like a physical picture not picturesque but like uh like uh i don't know it's a physical violent way of describing yeah but you get to like conquer it by shooting it like that's the fascinating part so that's a really cool part about silent hill too yeah really and they really nailed the head like they really nailed nailed the they put the nail nail on the head head. there you go words so anyway check it out great game moving on silent hill 3 just quick little thing, important. The reason why we are talking about this is because that act, Silent Hill 2 set the standard for what psychological horror was for the remaining of the series. Well, they tried to. It doesn't matter. They okay. They, they, the the they bar did. was set with Silent Hill 2. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Silent Hill 3 moves up. Like I said earlier, Silent Hill 3 is a direct sequel to Silent Hill 1. This is actually a little more straightforward than Silent Hill 2. Um, it follows Heather Mason, who is the daughter of harry mason her name is actually cheryl uh because harry and heather after the escape of because again it's canon so after the escape from silent hill in the first game harry has to go into hiding from the cult that who wants cheryl yes it's or called the order the order yeah or Cheryl. so there's heather there's cheryl and alessa and that's all the same person. Thank you for bringing up Alessa Gillespie because she is basically she. Okay, so for really, really diluted thing, can I can I give it away? Can I give it away? Okay, Alessa Gillespie is essentially like the devil, but she's able to split the Lucifer part from the Satan part, and Lucifer is the angel part, and yeah. Satan is the evil part. Yeah. So Cool. Religion! Gets, woo! Yeah, so it gets a little diluted there, because mm. it goes back... I mean, it's, again, it's still psychological horror, but they're going more into the occult in this one, because they want to revisit Silent Hill 3. Anyway, so she has to... She wants to go find... Uh, spoiler alert, Harry is killed in the first uh, part of the game. Yeah. Because that sparks her... Uh, essential vengeance towards the order to be like, why are you following me? Like, blah, 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 blah. Why'd you kill my dad? Exactly. So she's actually, it's a, it's a very morbid self-discovery. Yeah, it is. Um, well, who it is. and what she is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it goes on from there. And then we get introduced to the cuddly mascot of Silent Hill, Robbie the Rabbit. Woo! Which is where my tattoo comes from. Exactly. Uh, it's a blood-soaked carnival stuffed animal very creepy really nice soft little touch literally terrible terrible explanation on a first date be like where's your tattoo from if i say it's a rabbit they're gonna be like oh you like playboy and i'm like no i i don't i just like well it doesn't look like a playboy bunny i know i like serial killing rabbits that's neat so anyway silent hill 3 um there's a lot of depth to that game honestly i don't think any of these games are gonna have the same depth as Silent Hill 2, so we're not gonna touch on that too much. Um, Fair. Mm-hmm. So then we're gonna move on to Silent Hill 4, The Room. Which is actually my favorite Silent Hill Yeah, so game. this one is actually really different from the previous Silent Hills, and the reason being, it doesn't take place in Silent Hill. This takes place in the uh, Ashford Apartments, um, and this uh, follows the protagonist, Harry Townshend. Townshend. Um, he's living in South Ashfield, uh, it's about a half day's drive away from Silent Hill. Um, and he wakes up one day and he is locked in his apartment, room 302. 
and he doesn't know how the fuck to get out of his apartment. And the only apartment that he can interact with is his neighbor's apartment, uh, Eileen Gavin, in room 303. Um, so he can spy on her through a peephole. Robbie yeah. the Rabbit makes a cute little appearance. Creepy appearance. Super creepy. Don't don't leave your controller visual on that stupid rabbit for more than, I think, 90 seconds. Because yeah. creepy, creepy McCreeperson happens. Yeah. I'm not going to give anything away. But yeah. Just so don't when do Harry, it. Ta- excuse me, not Harry, shit. When Henry Townsend is able to leave his apartment, it is, uh, it goes on to a bigger, uh, uh, conspiracy where there the main antagonist is Walter Sullivan. He is a born in Re- in Silent Hill, um, and he is on the verge of completing the Twenty One Sacraments. Yep. So again, it's going back to the occult. Always. Yeah. So it's going back to the occult, and so essentially Harry and Eileen are on his list for sacrifices, um, and then the game just goes from. Uh, Harry, damn it, Henry traversing through the Asheville department. They just decide to pick the most Americana of names and they all happen to start with H. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that one is just his adventures through hell, essentially. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like a great vacation. Yeah, I mean, it's a really, really disturbing thing. Now, this one is really, um, it definitely is a cult, but there are some really creepy ass monsters in there. The twins are probably my least favorite. Um, they're giant, Super two-headed creepy. babies with big arms and no legs, and they point and stare and laugh at you, and then if you get too close, they bitch slap you to death. Well, so, um, Halloween 2017, I was victim, um, I think it's victim 16. Um, this is her costume. She wasn't a victim. Right, 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 right. So, yeah. I don't, Julie and I both do a lot of cosplay, so we'll definitely put that on the, I, the IG, which... Quick, quick plug. Sorry, guys, but it's uh, the good, the bad, the twins. Yep. All spelled out, lowercase. And seriously, it's, how you, it's like I know. I'm just. Code. I just think it's funny. Anyway, but check it out. So uh, I actually cosplayed because she was the creepiest of all because the jaws offset. Yeah. Like Silent Hill. Like the scissor mouth woman in Japanese folklore. Right, right, right. Exactly. And like, so Silent Hill 4 for me was actually the creepiest because it was actually the best bridge of Americana horror and Japanese horror. Yeah. If they had a baby and not like the creepy twin baby. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. That crawls. Who are victims of Walter Sullivan? Yeah. You know what really sucks is like we're identical twins doing this podcast talking about the fucking scariest stupid little fucking monsters well that ain't no little monster that is a big fucking monster yeah but they're like baby headed twins and i'm just like god damn it we're like still gonna be looked at as weird double headed twins no abnormalities Uh, yeah well you know it's a cute gimmick it's not okay whoa whoa you need to reassess what cute means because that is not cute that is nightmare fuel yeah Petroleum? Like some kind of... Is it Centralia fuel? It is a Centralia-fueled nightmare situation. Yeah, nightmare yep. scenario. Yes. Um, uh, as a really funny, cute little piece of trivia that's actually not infantilizing, uh, if the player turns on the radio in Henry's room, uh, there are various broadcasts that are heard, and then it's really funny because one of them is about a man, a man who is arrested for public urination, and the broadcast actually names that man, and it's uh, Suru uh, Murakoshi, 
and he's actually the director of the game. Wow. Yeah, so that was, that was a game. great way to, like, sound off. So I thought that was kind of a funny little piece of trivia, so I wanted to add that. Um, so that's Silent Hill Before the Room. We're really trying not to give away spoilers, guys. It's really great if you play these games. They're really worth your time. Yeah. Uh, even, even up and any of them that are produced by Team Silent. What? Okay, so, wait, wait, wait. So my caveat is, regardless if you listen to the podcast all the way through or not, playing the game, there's going to be spoilers but the games themselves create an atmosphere that only, like, we can explain once. You're going to interpret it differently. That's yeah. why Silent Hill is such an, a lasting series and still so well-loved, even after the shitmeister that was uh, down for. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so after Silent Hill for the Room, uh, again, going in chronological and um, canon order, there's Silent Hill Origins. This was set, so this is actually a prequel to the first Silent Hill. So this is actually set seven years before Silent Hill. And this suff, or this uh, follows Travis Grady, who's a trucker, uh, who suffers from nightmares. He actually uh, pulls over into Silent Hill uh, and sees a burning building on fire and rescues a baby who is Alessa, who is Cheryl, who is Heather. So he is the one that saves her from burning death. Um... And then it goes through him exploring Silent Hill, trying to figure out where this, where to put the baby, essentially. <laughs> and um, his mother actually, uh, and it also goes into like the psyche of his upbringing, where his mother had tried to murder him, and then she was committed to an asylum, and then his father hanged himself. Um, and he's just coming to terms with that. And... Wow, that's dark as fuck. I know, I'm sorry. Like, it's just... That's just part of the story. It's a really... It's... Honestly, I'd say it's of the more simple Silent Hill games. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, the... Well, it had to be for the console. Yeah, exactly. For the console it was released on. And then, of course, like, graphic limitations. And, fun fact, the Butcher. The monster. The big baddie monster of this game. Do we want to call him Proto-Pyramid? No, because his name's The Butcher. Oh, it's okay. literally the butcher. Yeah, but he's terrifying. As exactly. Fuck. So the butcher him. is. Uh, I think when Climax Studios got a hold of this, they were like, "We need to create a monster that is going to be just as terrifying as Pyramid Head." Shocker! Spoiler alert: No one's scary as Pyramid Head. So true. They Very true. Created the butcher, who is like the predecessor to Pyramid Head, but it stands for pure and unadulterated violence. It is not a sexual innuendo, anything like that. It is just pure violence, and that's like, the depth that they're adding to this game. Honestly, I didn't think this game had as much depth as the previous games. I don't know if it was just console limitation, but I think it might have just been story limitation. Or even, like, story shock value. Exactly. It's like, you can only invest so much when they tell you exactly how it happens. Exactly. So, yeah. it's kind of, like, it was kind of, I was a little blasé on the game, but that's, I I enjoyed it. I yeah. really like playing it. But, I mean, so. that's, that's, that's Silent Hill Origins in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, and then we have Silent Hill Homecoming. Uh, that mm. one, again, we talked about. This was a Ugh. huge departure for the series, and it's not just because it wasn't developed by Team Silent, but because it did focus on an action horror rather than a survival horror aspect. This follows Alex Shepard, uh, who is on his way home from being discharged from the military for PTSD, and he goes home to find his family. He has a very, very strained relationship with his family, for good reason. For good reason. Play the game. Yes. And he... Who knew? He's in search of his brother. So, essentially, a lot of these main characters of these Silent Hill games, it all revolves around them searching for another lost soul. 
either the actual person. A very connected lost soul. Exactly. Either the person or their literal soul. Right. And so it follows Alex Shepard going in and finding out. And they his family lives in Shepard's Glen, which is not Silent Hill, but they it is focused on the occult. And the occult is a sect of the order. So uh, they're all, that's how they're actually Shepherd's Glen is kind of like the... And then there's Mary Shepherd, who is James Sutherland's wife. Yeah. I would say, like, Shepherd's Glen's kind of like the, the Silent Hill light, if it was like a beer. Yeah. Like Coors Light versus... I, the Coors doesn't really have a Coors Light. It does have a Coors Light. No, no, no. Like Coors Light, and then there's Coors. Yeah. Or like Bud and Bud Light. But is that true? Like, is it actually just Coors and not Coors Light? It's Coors Light, and then there's Coors. Okay, great. So Silent Hill's Coors for domestic beer in America. I would have just used Bud and Bud Light. Well, I just fucked that analogy up, so whatever. But I tried. Um, Yeah, so uh, Shepherd's Glen is actually, it's a little more, uh, okay, question. Huh. Sisterness question. What? I played the game my sophomore year of college junior college sophomore yeah you were in yep. the dorms yep no 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 freshman year was college was was the dorms oh and then sophomore junior senior i was in my apartment yeah with my roommates you were there for my sophomore year yes yes i think you only watched the sepulcher no it's sepulcher sepulcher level because yeah. you didn't see the doll one because you weren't there and another person was there with me whose name I'm not going to mention but um, it's a that was a very bad first date let me just be real um, don't worry it didn't last long anyway uh, so the sepulchral sepulchre okay it's spelled very very weirdly to me sepulchre that is how you say it sepulchre yes done Swear to God, I don't have a speech impediment. I have never pronounced that word right. It's one of those few things, like, I can't spell maintenance correctly. Never have. Just one of those things. I don't know why you're proud of that, but okay. It's, I'm not, there's no there's no pride. It's just, I'm... So, anyway. Anyways, what I'm saying is, um, you weren't there for the end of when I played the game, right? No. Were you? No. No? Okay. I got the good ending. Good. Yeah. There's multiple endings. A lot of these, uh, so uh, most of these Silent Hill games, and by most I mean all of them, they all have alternative endings. Some are more likely to be canon than others. There's only two games where it's confirmed that certain things are canon, and it's Silent Hill 1, and it is Silent Hill 3. Mm-hmm. The only canon games. Right. Um, because they literally are a sequel. Like, Silent Hill 3 is a literal sequel to Silent Hill 1. Yeah. Um, the only thing that's, like, actually, can like, joining everything together is the fact that it takes place in Silent Hill. And it's about some kind of deep-seated emotion. Yeah. Which is why, I I don't know, maybe that's why I like the series so much. I don't know. I mean, I, I enjoyed Silent Hill Homecoming from what I saw and what I watched people play. Um, but yeah, so it's basically a search and rescue. And then uh, Alex is trying to figure out why there's so much darkness in his town, literally and figuratively. Um, then we have Silent Hill Shattered Memories. We don't need to go into that too much, only because it is a reimagining of Silent Hill 1. Um, the only thing that's different are the game mechanics. Well, also, um, it's probably more difficult to find nowadays because it was only put on the Wii. No, it was P- it was ported to the PS2 as oh, shit. well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. all right. Sorry. Yeah. All right. We. So, anyway, 
yeah, it's a reimagining, follows Harry Mason. He is uh, sitting in a psychiatrist's office and they're helping dictate the story where it goes. Yeah. Uh, then we have Silent Hill Downpour, which again, source spot. I'm saying nothing. Source spot. This follows uh, Murphy Pendleton. The worst it name. It sounds like a fart. Like, it's just, it's it sounds terrible. Like a, it sounds like a fart in a zip of a zipper. Like, Murphy Pendleton? Like, yeah, that's it's how just, it sounds it's to not, me. It's not good. No, um, that's good. So, basically, it follows uh, Murphy as he is being transported from jail to a new jail. And the truck or the convoy that he is traveling in crashes in Silent Hill. Well, actually, it's the south end of Silent Hill, technically. Which is bizarre because, actually, if you look at the layout of the game of Silent Hill 1 and 2, yeah, where you crash... Okay. Any game dev on downpour, please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm saying that for... That's my one. That's my one per episode. But I noticed that it crashes in a spot that never existed in the other Silent Hill Yeah, well, that's why they, they just expand on it. It's just like an expansion pack. No, because it goes into Toluca Lake. That's the problem. Well, he ends up in Silent, back in Silent Hill. I know, but where they crash... Yeah, so he's okay. basically... Like, the, the psychological trait is that... Uh, Pendleton is struggling with the death of his son. Hmm. He knows that his son was abducted by this man who he shared a prison area with in the first prison before he's transferred, and he is allowed to beat the living daylights and essentially beat this man to death. Um, and so Silent Hill is a area where you pay for your sins, and his sin is murder. I mean, seriously, that's... Actually, you know what? You hit the nail on the head. Thank Look, you. I said that yeah, analogy you said it, you just said correctly. It correctly. Um, that's exactly what Silent Hill is. And, like, Silent Hill also has different mediums. There's the Silent Hill Omnibus. Please check it out. Great comic. Great art. Yeah. Um, if you like the comic uh, 30 Days a Night, the first chapter... Ben Templesmith. Yep. Who is awesome and responds to any email you send him as of eight years ago. Yeah. But we saw him at ECCC. No, I didn't. I did. He was there when my husband and I went. Well, go fuck you. Yeah. So, whatever. You didn't get... What? Yeah. He what? Didn't, he didn't have any 30 days a night. He only had a Welcome to Wormwood. And I didn't think I he love, wanted it. No, I love Wormwood. But I already I'm, bought you that comic. I know, but we didn't get it signed. Okay, okay, sorry. Never mind. I failed. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So, Gigi and I try to, like, uh, when we con, we try to... Think about each other, but apparently she just didn't. I did. I just didn't think you liked the comic. I like Wormwood. I think it's great. It's about a detective thing. It's yeah. fun. So yeah. Anyway, um, is that Silent Hill in a nutshell? That's pretty much Silent Hill. I know. Is there anything on on the horizon about Silent Hill? No, Silent Hill is done. Uh, Konami has now made Pachinko Machines. That's that's where Silent Hill. That is where the namesake has gone. What about the spiritual successor of it, Death Stranding? Death Stranding. That is not a spiritual successor. Not even close. Maybe. No. I don't know. I just. I, want, took, I have They hope, took Norman Reedus, Hideo Kojima, and Guillermo del Toro. That is the only connection they have. It is not complete. Is not related whatsoever. They don't even have a genre de- like determined for that game yet. Well, I mean, like so, so we're we're pretty much at like our usual like stop time. But yeah. I just I do want to say, out of all the Silent Hills, not PT hashtag RAP that I have played that you have witnessed or actually played, which one's your favorite? Silent Hill Two. Hundred percent. 
Is it just because it's Silent Hill 2? No, it's because I just enjoyed Silent Hill 2. I think it was the most fleshed out game. I enjoyed Silent Hill 3 because I liked the... I like the idea of continuation of a specific story, i.e. the uh, journey of Heather Mason. But Silent Hill 2, I mean, it has a soft spot in my heart. It always will. Uh, it is just, it's a great game. It's a beautiful game. And I just... Creepiest monsters ever. Creepiest monsters. Um, and I just, I, I don't know. It just, like, it, like... I don't want to, I don't, I didn't want to say that phrase. Uh, it's a good game. I just enjoyed it. So, um, I want to end my commentary and you finish out because it's your moment. Um, the, uh, chick that plays Maria, not the actual, like, actress, whatever, but the costume, can you tell me who wore that actually to the People's Choice Awards? Cameron Diaz? Nope. Who? Christina Aguilera. Not shocked. If you guys get a chance, check out Christina Aguilera wearing um, Maria's costume from Silent Hill 2. She straight up accidentally cosplayed. Yeah. It's amazing. It's pretty funny. It's awesome. So, um, anyways. Uh, That's Silent Hill, guys. Like, that is, like, in a nutshell, honestly, Silent Hill, if we were to really dive deep into it, like, we can dedicate an episode to each game, but I just don't have the bandwidth to do that. And really don't want to present any more spoilers than I already did. Well, so Juju and I are going to be, like, working on a Patreon. We're going to have some, like, awesome side content, um, side stories, but, like, without jacking some other titles and all that fun stuff. But we're going to have some extra content. Lo-fi stories? Lo-fi. Yeah. yeah lo-fi. I hope you guys like that name. Yeah. So we're going to have some lo-fi stories, and we really hope that you are enjoying our banter, conversation. conversation, all that fun yep. stuff. I hope I was informative, guys. Actually, I haven't done a lot of research in a long time. It's actually, been since college. Hey, you want you want to have a sister moment? Yeah. You killed it. On yes, Quinn, yes. Yeah, yes. I'm the researcher. Julia is like the... the I'm the wing it. She's I'm the, the wing, wing it tribe. Wing it tribe. Wing it tribe. So, um, no, you actually, you totally nailed Silent Hill. Like, I'm, I'm so, obviously, I knew you would. Cause we, did you really? I did actually. Uh, I really did. I wouldn't have had faith except in me. for except for four. That was the only one I was a little nervous about. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have had faith in me, but thank you. It's not because I love you. Oh, see, well, look at that. I so because um, I bought you wine, you love me even more. Yeah, because um, oh, I had a personalized message. She for did. Chelsea so, was having a bad day. And I did. So, I didn't have a bad day. I had a bad moment. So shout out. There's an app. It's my favorite app. It's called Drizzly. Yeah, Drizzly sponsor. If you're over 21, do not try and order if you're under 21. A, they will not serve you, and B, drinking underage is illegal. Don't also, do they'll that. straight up fucking check your ID. Yeah. So, my uh, uh, twin A, twin yeah. alpha, twin alpha, decided to be kind and not rewind. And um, she sent me a little personalized message before we started our podcast. And it said, rubbing alcohol for outside boo boos. Drinking alcohol for inside boo-boos. I am so thoughtful. You know what that's called? It's called dealing with life on a daily basis. Yeah, buddy, you know it. So, in that in that vein, guys, thank you so much for allowing me to talk about Silent Hill, one of the coolest, scariest, freakiest, and saddest game franchises to have existed right. in and, this time. And later, in later, like, off, like, lo-fi commentary like i'll probably talk more about certain silent hill stuff including monsters julia's gonna go into what she's really passing around i love 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 the horror but can i give away what we're gonna talk about next week 
yeah. Should we? Yeah. 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 Oh. Okay. So it's also going to be on our Instagram, which is the good, the bad, the twins. Please check it out. Um, I will be talking about Bioshock. Yes! Wait. That doesn't have a million fucking games attached to it. No, it doesn't. It has some, like, siblings, but yeah. it doesn't have, like, meh. So, anyways, I hope you guys got your fill on Silent Hill. Yes. That was not intentional for being a rhyme. Yep. Um, yeah, and just, just catch us on the gram. Yeah. Oh, and shameless oh, plug. Oh, oh, oh. Shameless <gasps> plug. Oh. Yep. Yes. You know exactly what I'm going Yes, with. queen. Ladies okay. and gentlemen, uh... Again, I can't express how much I appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. Uh, please do a get. Please give a listen. Do a give. Please do a give a listen. Do a give a listen. Yeah. Please give a listen to uh, Cruz and Lauren's podcast. Do not block. Uh, it is another nerdy based um, uh, podcast. Uh, They're a little more broad than what Kelsey and I have been doing. Um, but they're a great foil. They're well, a great foil to us. You know what? Thank you for using that word. I was about to use that. You're very welcome. But. Yes. 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 So please, please check them out. Uh, they're great. They're funny. Yeah. So with that said, like, um, just want to let you guys know we're the podcast that's the. Good. The bad. And, and the, the twins. twins. Bye. Bye. Bye.